five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. Hello and welcome to another episode of Holy Half Hour. It is your podcast location for Christian chat, quizzes, games, silly music, and Bible facts. And as always, my amazing friend Kieran is with me. How are you? Hello, hello, Michael. I'm well. How are you doing? I'm very well. Thank you very much. And I'm really excited, Kieran, because you get all of the fun. A few weeks ago, you had the Bible facts on Habakkuk or Habakkuk. And today I get to find out if you say Haggai or Haggai later <laughs> in the episode when uh, you do the Bible yes. fact on, on that book. So don't tell me yet. I'm going to guess that much like Habakkuk, you probably used to say Haggai and now you've changed to Haggai. But don't tell us. You can treat us at the end of the of the show to 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 uh, to the big reveal. Um, I'll keep you in suspense, then, Michael and the listeners. You can find out later what the answer is. We're we're tingling. This very important question. We're tingling right now. Um, but before we get to the Bible fact, which is the last thing in the show, and it is worth waiting for, we've got a whole host of quizzes and other fun things to do. So, uh, Kieran, shall we do that thing? Let's do it. Hey, Carpe de Kazoo. Kazoo DM. Um, absolutely. Kazoo DM. <laughs> Okay, Kieran, I noticed that I say, okay, Kieran, so much in this show <laughs> that um, I'm going to say for the rest of this episode, so, Kieran. Um, so here we go. So, Kieran. Well, <laughs> you do that and I'll switch to, okay, Michael. <laughs> Thank you. That'd be good. Uh, so, Kieran, um, I've got a game that we've played before, but I, I wanted to go back to that well. And it's a, a fill in the blank headlines quiz. Because uh, I quite mm. like it. And you know, the great thing about news, Kieran, is there's always more of it. So uh, it's, the gift, it's the gift that keeps on giving. Um, <laughs> so I've gone to a bunch of uh, Christian websites, news websites, and I've got some, uh, some headlines. And I've blanked out one or more of the words. And um, I felt I've been feeling challenged, Kieran, in my, in my quiz setting. Because I don't want the listeners at home to be bored because, you know, things are too difficult. But equally, you've been getting too many questions right. So, uh, <laughs> so uh, in this iteration of the quiz, I'm not going to give you options unless you absolutely need one. Like, if you can get a decent guess without options, then I'm just going to take that as your answer. Um, but if you can't at all, then I'll give you options. So uh, yeah, that's how that's how I feel, Kieran. You know, I just okay, I think man. you need more okay. of a challenge. <clears throat> You're gonna play hardball. That's fine. Yeah, yeah. You know. So uh, here's your first headline. It's from Church Times by an article by uh, Paul Wilkinson, 
And it was uh, an article on the 11th of June 2021. And it's this. Unsafe blank is stranded at Ipswich amid international dispute. Unsafe blank is stranded at Ipswich amid international dispute. What could it be, Unsafe Kieran? blank. What is unsafe and stranded at Ipswich? Uh, vaccine, maybe, mm. given the, the times we are a-living in, which like are a-changing. I like that. Well, let me give you some options. Unsafe whale is stranded at Ipswich amid international dispute. <laughs> unsafe ark is stranded at Ipswich amid international dispute. <laughs> or unsafe vaccine is stranded at Ipswich amid international Ooh. dispute. What do you think? Unsafe ark. What would the ark be in 2021? Hmm. And how, and how is the whale unsafe? Mm. You know, in what way is it? Except the fact that it's, I guess, out of the water <laughs> because it's in an airport. <laughs> so in that sense, that whale's very unsafe, Michael. The clock yeah. is ticking for that whale. Absolutely. If it's if it's stuck in an airport. Because, <laughs> you know, I've seen it. I've seen you know, airport bathrooms and showers and they cannot accommodate a whale. They really can't. So, they really can't. No. So I, I think... I think I'm still going to go with the vaccine, to be honest. Right. That's the most plausible one. All so. right. Let's take a look and see if you're right. <laughs> oh, is it the whale? It better be the whale. A Noah's Ark that has come to rest far from Mount Ararat <laughs> is at the center of discussions between the authorities in Britain and the Netherlands. Now moored in a Suffolk dock, <laughs> the 230-foot-long floating biblical museum owned by the Dutch TV producer Ead Peters was seized by Coast Guard soon after its arrival in Ipswich 18 months ago. Officials declared it unseaworthy and insisted that it remain in port until serious concerns about its condition had been addressed. It has since been accumulating penalties of £500 a day. So there you mm, go. I see I've confused boats with planes again. <laughs> what am I like? Must have been something you said made me think of an airport. Don't worry. Don't worry. That's the, that's, that's the beauty uh. of this quiz. I'm trying to fool you, you see. <laughs> Um, well, here's the next headline. This one's from the Christian Institute and uh, was written on the 21st of June, 2021. Blank, suitable for all, says BBFC. Uh, so for some context for international listeners, the BBFC is the, uh, the British Board of Film Classification. So they're the, mm -hmm. the folks that give the ratings to movies. So whether it's a, in the UK, we have U, PG, 12, 12A, 15, 18. Mm. Uh, so yeah, blank is suitable for all, says BBFC, Kieran. What's suitable for And when all? was this? Yesterday, as we record this on the 21st <laughs> of June, 2021. Uh, well, I, I have no idea because I'm totally out of the loop with films that are out. So, I don't know, Peppa Pig, the movie. <laughs> That's got to be suitable for all. All right, let me give you some I'll, I'll, some Although options. I hear that she's a cheeky pig. <laughs> well, remember, this is the Christian Institute that's reporting this. And uh, the answers are Egyptian plagues, suitable for all, says BBFC. Blasphemy, <laughs> suitable for all, says BBFC. Or Jesus's passion, suitable for all, says BBFC. Uh, and what were the first two, sorry? Egyptian plagues, blasphemy, or Jesus' yeah. passion. 
Hmm. So which of these things can be in universal films, in U-rated films? Oh, I imagine plagues, probably. Because, mm-hmm. you know, depending on how you depict them, it's not necessarily going to be... Whereas it's hard to do blasphemy in, in uh, arguably in a child-friendly way. Likewise yeah. for the Passion of Christ. Mm. Um, Although Death of the Firstborn could res- <laughs> could yeah, present some challenges. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's true. But yeah. Unless you called it like the Long Night Night or something. <laughs> something that would be more palatable to kids. Is that too, is that too bad? Do we, do we need to cut oh. that from the show? There's the episode title. Um, yeah. All right, Kieran. I'm gonna I'm gonna have to rush <laughs> you for an night, night. It's a sequel to the Long Goodbye or whatever that film was. So you're going uh, well, to uh, yeah. plagues? plagues, plagues, yeah. All right, let's take a look. <laughs> oh, what was it? What was it? Using the names God and Jesus Christ blasphemy blasphemously has been deemed suitable for all by the British Board of Film Classification. Ah. So yeah. Now okay. Universal or U films can have blasphemy in them, which is kind of sad. Not gonna lie. Uh, yeah, yeah. Not surprising, but a little bit sad. Okay, Kieran, you're doing not so well. Shock horror, even with the options. But here's number uh-huh. three. Maybe you can redeem yourself. The Church Times and Paul Wilkinson back in the quiz. This one's from the 28th of May. Thank you, Paul, for your excellent reporting. Blank, lots of blank. Tips offered for a successful, messy church. Blank, lots of blank. Tips offered for a successful, messy church. So uh, again, for international listeners, the first messy church, in inverted commas, began in 2004. A group of parishioners at St. Wilfrid's in Copeland near Portsmouth wanted to kind of interact with their community more. So messy church is this kind of church expression where it's intergenerational. You sit down for a meal. There's crafts. It's very chill, very relaxed. There's maybe a Bible study. But uh, there's kind of resources and stuff that you can get in the UK. And it's called Messy Church. So this article is about tips for how to do that successfully. And the headline is blank, lots of blank, tips offered for successful Messy Church. Is it bring lots of tablecloths or something <laughs> like that? It's a good one. Like that would be good good advice yeah. for a messy church. I like that one. <clears throat> that would be a very good advice. Um, here's your options. Drink lots of tea. <laughs> make lots of mess. Or eat lots of cake. <laughs> Tips offered for a successful messy church. Well, make lots of mess feels a bit on the nose, given mm. that it's the, the, the thing is called messy church. Mm. I want it to be tea, but I have a feeling it's going to be cake. I'd love it to be tea and cake. That would be the mm. ideal thing. But since that's not an option, I'm going to go with cake. Tea, lots of cake. Tips offered for a successful messy church. <laughs> um, so you're going for eat lots of cake. Mm-hmm. All right, let's take a look and see. <laughs> Literally the last. couldn't find the bell there. I was like <laughs> reaching around <laughs> for it. I yeah. thought you were just keeping me in suspense. <laughs> well done. Eat, eat lots of cake is correct. Well done. Okay. <clears throat> Here is the next one, Kieran. This one's from Premier Christian News, an article by Cara Bentley, uh, which was written on Sunday the 13th of June. Boris mm. Johnson quotes blank when asked if he believes in God. 
Now, Kieran, I know you're 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 quite into your politics, so you might well know the answer to this. But Boris Johnson quotes blank when asked if he believes in God. Well, knowing Boris as I do, I feel like this could be Shakespeare. <laughs> yeah, uh, me and Boris go way back. No, we we don't really listeners. I uh, I don't know. I don't know the man, but I know he's a fan of Shakespeare. Well, so shall we take a look at your options? Yeah. Okay. Boris Johnson quotes. C.S. Lewis, Shakespeare, uh, or the Bible? Ooh, well, because it was my first reaction and it's one of the options, I think I'm <laughs> going to stick with Shakespeare. All right. Let's but C.S. Lewis is tempting. Oh, yeah? C.S. Lewis is tempting, but yeah. I, I don't know. I, I don't know. Is he a Lewis head, Boris Johnson? I feel like maybe not. Hmm. It's a so, hard one, this. It's a tricky, tricky yeah. one. Yeah, I think Shakespeare. All right, let's take a look. <laughs> oh, Kieran, you were so wrong, I blew through the wrong end of my kazoo. <laughs> <laughs> it was, in fact, Bible. Oh, Boris. Yeah. Uh, the reporter said, Keir Starmer says uh, he doesn't believe in God. And do you believe in God, Prime Minister? And Boris Johnson said, The foolish man has said in his heart there is no God, which is from Psalm 14. So I think mm. that uh, I think that he was just using it as a way to have a stab at Keir Starmer, but uh, yeah, <laughs> we'll yeah. see. Well played, yeah. Bojo. Well played. Well, well played. Uh, okay, Kieran, you need the next two correct. Oh, is there only five there might only be five questions in this quiz. Let me have a quick look. Oh, I'm so well organized. <laughs> it's a really long quiz because I had to write like some of the material from this, so it's quite hard to tell. Well, there's only five five questions in this quiz, Kieran, which means you've already, shockingly, for the first time in many weeks, not beat a quiz. However, <gasps> for honor, for pride, <laughs> we'll do the last question anyway. <laughs> okay. The art, uh, sorry, this is again from the Church Times and again from Paul Wilkinson. And again, this was written yesterday as we record this show. It was written on the 21st of June. So it says this, the Archbishop of Canterbury tries out as blank. Tries out as blank? Mm-hmm. The Archbishop of Canterbury uh, tries out as blank. Scrum half? <laughs> Do you know, when I was coming up with uh, things for this to be out, I, I experimented with some rugby positions, <laughs> thinking it'd be quite fun. <laughs> um, but no, I don't think Justin Welby would do well as scrum half. No offense. Mm. Uh, he might do better than me. Yeah, quite, quite possibly better than both of us. Mm. Um, would you like some options? Yes. The Archbishop of Canterbury tries out as a rural priest. Big issue seller or strictly come <laughs> dancing contestant? A big issue seller. I feel like, I feel good about that one. I feel like it's probably that one. Yeah. You're happy to lock mm -hmm. in with that? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. To save face, Kieran, are you correct? Hey. Yes. <laughs> well done. Yes. Yeah. The Archbishop of Canterbury went undercover to find out what it's like to be on the street selling the big issue. 
Apparently, despite selling only five copies of the magazine, which supports the homeless, Archbishop Welby said that he had enjoyed his 40-minute shift, which took place recently. So, five copies in 40 minutes. I feel like that's a pretty good, uh, pretty good run. Yeah, I'd say so. More power to him. Um, yeah. But yeah. So yeah, there you go. That's uh, the redux of the uh, Christian headlines, Kieran. Uh, you didn't do so well today, but I, it was still fun. You did say you were going to make it challenging, Michael, but, uh, you know, uh, you very kindly gave me options anyway <laughs> after saying that you probably wouldn't. So uh, thank you for uh, being merciful there. No worries. I try to be merciful like my God is merciful. Oh, bless you. <laughs> Am I not merciful? Am, Am I, I not merciful? merciful? <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, unlikely worship songs. Unlikely. Okay, Kieran, it's time for this week's unlikely worship song. Uh, listeners, if you've been tuning in, not that you tune into a podcast, if you've been listening to a <laughs> podcast, um, you uh, will know that Kieran writes as a song each week, be that a uh, a worship song that's not likely to be in church because it's on a strange part of the Bible or deals with an experience in Christian life or whether it's a remix of some podcast highlights or just total nonsense. It's always a good time. So, Kieran, what have you got for me this week? Well, let me just say, I'm pretty sure I said tune in last week as well, Michael. So, uh, you know, you're not alone. It's, uh, you know. You know, ladies and gentlemen, uh, Kieran and I started... Uh, started our our broadcast career on local radio and you know ever since then that's we true just, we just can't shake saying tune in <laughs> <laughs> absolutely absolutely well michael this week um we're back to a unlikely worship song that deals with a perhaps uncomfortable aspect of church life mm. and you actually gave me the idea for this because oh. a couple of weeks ago i did a song about um, not knowing whether or not to stand up in the worship time, <laughs> which is a very common church problem. Yes, folks who are listening, if you've uh, you know if you're a regular at church, you'll know all about the pain and the embarrassment of not knowing if and when you mm. should get out of your seat, and the 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 giddy thrill or terror <laughs> of being the first person on your feet. Um, but the, you you made a comment about a related. Uh, thing in church and uh, this song is about that very thing Michael so have a, have a listen and see what you think I am very excited to hear how you have rendered my my personal experiences into music so uh, I cannot wait let's let's give it a listen and now it's time for us to pray does anyone have anything to say Father, Father Lord, uh, oops, oops. no worries Would you no like please to? go ahead <laughs> no, it's fine. It's fine. My mistake. Don't know after you. Dear Father. Whoopsie. Uh -oh. My again. apologies. No, don't. I'm sorry. Try me. You Not first. first. Enough. Enough. <laughs> Father. Lord, oops. <laughs> no worries. <laughs> no, please. Go ahead. No, it's fine. My mistake. Don't know after you. Dear Father. Whoopsie. Uh -oh. My Again. apologies. No, don't I'm sorry. Try me. You first. Enough. Enough. <laughs> uh, um, that does two things. It it makes me break out into a cold sweat, and also miss <laughs> and also miss Scotland. <laughs> <laughs> 
after you. No, go ahead. Um, yeah, well, do you know, I was thinking about this, Michael. I was thinking, what, what's, the, what's the way forward here? How do you get around this impasse, you know? Because uh, some, sometimes this comes up, you don't know what to do. Do you just launch in? Do you let the other person launch in? Mm. Or do you get locked, as, as they did in that song? In a back and forth of, no, after you. <laughs> no, I insist. So at some point, somebody's got to cut through, right? Haven't they? Mm. They've just got to be like, mm. I'm going to pray. Or maybe a third person just starts praying over them or something. Oh, that'd be so Maybe someone who's further Imagine. back. Someone who can't even hear them because your church is large enough. Mm. <laughs> you can't all hear anyway. And someone else pipes up. And that would then, be, you know. That would be such a power move if two people start to pray at the same time. <laughs> And they interrupt yeah. each other, and then you just plow right through the middle and pray over them both. <laughs> oh my gosh, exactly. that'd be incredible! Exactly, you guys have dropped the ball. I'm going in. <laughs> I really want to know if. Oh man, I want to know. I just, I now want to live that experience, really, yeah. really badly. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, that's that's fantastic. Well, I also thought that, you know, at a time like that, at the risk of making, you know, an unfair generalization, perhaps what you need in your church is an American. Because I feel like Americans are good at a good kind of confident public prayer. Not all Americans, obviously. Mm. The mm. Americans are, like everywhere, every other culture, a, di- a diverse people. Mm. Yes. <laughs> and and no doubt some of them are a bit shy. <laughs> but uh, But when I think of an American in church, I think of somebody sort of, uh, you know, Somebody mm. who would plow through and and give a very bold public prayer. Yeah. So. Yeah. So, do you have a strategy? I'm I'm just going to sidestep your your generalization of Americans mm-hmm. entirely and yeah, uh, yeah. ask you if you have any yeah. personal strategies for overcoming <laughs> the uh, the chance of being prayer bombed. Um, do you? Because I do, Kieran. What I do is I. Do I you? Do, I do a kind of. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, Lord, yeah, thank you uh, for, uh, you know, I do that kind of, uh, a, I, I start to make yeah. humming noises. You do noises. a fake out. Yeah. No, 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 I just do you, a kind like, of, I'm preparing to speak louder now <laughs> uh, kind of noise. Um, that's what I do. Okay, okay. And, and it oh, you mean like when, when, you're, when you're approaching the handing of the baton, when somebody's prayer is ending, you're ramping up so that everyone knows that you're the next person that's going to pray. Is that what you mean? Yeah, partly or... that, but more likely if it's like silent and it's an open time of prayer and no one knows who's right. praying next. And it's been a it's okay. been a bit since someone prayed, it's been like 10, 15 seconds. And I'll be mm. like Exactly. I'll I be see. like mm, I mm. see. Mmm. Mm. Yes, Lord. Yes. So you are just making a few holy noises. Yeah. And then people know, okay, Michael's going next. Mm. I, I love that we're doing like a play by play of a prayer time (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah or or you start quietly praying in tongues like under your breath okay okay if 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 you're that way inclined and uh you know you just be like just praying silent and then they're like okay there's some stirring over over there maybe they're gonna (laughs) pray next um i think that works quite well as well right right but no it's it's good man it's good i think what i would do is maybe swerve so you know Maybe if I'd started speaking and someone else was talking too, mm. go into a sort of, mm, yeah, and maybe do that, almost like yeah. a reverse play of what you're talking about. Yeah. And you sort of back off by going into a support supportive noises, but making it clear that you're not going to pray. You're going to let them pray. Yeah. Or the other thing, 
is to like I, I quite like to do this in a lot of social situations because I often don't have the skill to get around them mm. so I like to just name the thing sometimes mm. it's good just to go for it oh yeah and just be like whoops I interrupted you <laughs> please go ahead yeah, and pray. yeah. exactly yeah. Or, or yeah, you might have to shout that across the room. I interrupted you. <laughs> please, please go first. I don't want to ruin the atmosphere of the prayer right now. <laughs> but I seem to have made a social faux pas. Uh, yeah. Because <laughs> it's like when, you know, there's been a couple of times in my worship leading career, Michael, mm. that I've started a song in the wrong key. Mm. And, and often I'll do the, like, the Homer Simpson gag, it's my first day. <laughs> <laughs> which is enjoyable because if you've been at a church for years it's quite fun to say it's my first day because yeah. it usually gets a laugh and it sort of breaks the, the tension a little bit you know but i i tend to, these days i i probably would used to have just been like <gasps> and just i must i must not say anything about what just happened i must apply one as if yes. it didn't happen but these days i tend to be more like ah that was funny wasn't it oh well <laughs> <laughs> yeah absolutely I think that, and this is, and then I'll will get on with the show. I think that who you would pray over and who you would like allow to pray over you, if you started praying at the same time, would be a really good vehicle for unconscious bias training within churches. All right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. But I bet there are What's people the... out there who'd be like, "Well, I would, I would get out of the way for the priest, but uh, I wouldn't get, I wouldn't get out of the way for." For Jane Doe, three doors down, no way. I'm more, I'm more holy than her. Um, and I bet there's some unconscious yeah. biases going on between gender and mm -hmm. and very many other things within churches. Probably that could be, that could be very revealing. Yeah, you're right. Right. Well, you work on that, Kieran, and uh, and I'll move on to the next segment. I'll have a think, and I'll get back to you. The top, 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 top three, three, three. So, Kieran. I can't remember if I've been saying so, Kieran, or okay, Kieran, but I remembered this time to say so, Kieran, at the start of our top three for this week. And um, the top three is uh, three words in the New International Version of the Bible, and I have found the number of times they appear, and Kieran has to rank them from most to least. And recently, and this is the last week, we're going to be doing nursery rhyme words. And partly because this week's nursery rhyme, I was searching nursery rhymes and many of them don't have words that are in the Bible. Like you, you mentioned a few weeks ago, old MacDonald. MacDonald, sadly, not in the Bible, although it might be in the Scots, Scots translation, you never know. Um, <laughs> and because I had to get three words from a, from a nursery rhyme I don't even know, I thought it's probably time to stop. <laughs> so apparently... There's a nursery rhyme called Wise Old Owl, Kieran. So mm. your three words for this week are wise, old, and owl. Um, so you've got to rank them mm. in the number of times they appear. What do you think? That's a toughie, because I think wise and old are going to be kind of fairly level pegging. Mm. But you don't... Scripture. So, you, so, so wait, wait, let me just get this right. You don't think there's as many mentions as of owl? as there are of old or wise, Kieran. I mean, that's controversial. Do you know, Michael, I, I <laughs> call it controversial. Call me uh, a risk taker. But I feel like <laughs> the word owl does not come up as much in the Bible as the word old. Mm. Yeah, okay. Or 
wise, probably. Mm. Um, I can see that you, you are si- old and wise for thinking that. So, so you're going to say owls at the bottom mm. then? I think so. I think so. I think it probably goes old, then wise, then owl. Yeah. Now you seem to hesitate on the owl there, Kieran. So are you keen to put owl <laughs> at the top? Or <laughs> you really if it turns out, Michael, that the Bible's full of owls and you're trying to steer me away from disaster, then kudos to you. Um but I really, I really despite your insistence, I think I'm gonna leave it at the bottom. <laughs> fair, fair. So old, so, uh, then wise, then owl, that's what you're locking in with. Yeah, but it could it could be wise old. It could so easily be wise old is mm. the thing. I feel like they're close to the top two, but I'm going to go with old wise. All right, let's see if you're old and wise for choosing that. Let's take a look. Whee. Yes. Well done. Not actually as close as you might think, although I would have been okay. in the same boat as you thinking that they were very close. Old is at the top with 329 mentions in the NIV, then Wise with 177. So still lots, but not quite as close. And then Owl with a surprisingly uh, numerous 12. So uh, there you go. (laughs) Poor Owl. Any any thoughts on where all those Owls are mentioned in the Bible, Kieran? Uh, Probably. uh, Would they be mentioned under things you can't eat? Ah, there you go. In, you get uh, an, an extra ding. In the Old Testament. Yeah. Yes, indeed. All of the different types of owls are mentioned uh, that you can't eat them as they're unclean. And then they're mentioned again uh, between Leviticus and Deuteronomy when when the uh, the various laws are, are outlined. But uh, yeah, well done, Kieran. Another top three win. You're doing well. Thanks, man. I'm off, for, I'm off to eat an owl. <laughs> Well, you're a light I will snack. <laughs> Bible facts. Coming at ya with some Bible facts. Michael and Kiaran. With some Bible facts. Coming at ya with some Bible facts. Michael and Kiaran. With some Bible facts. So, Kieran. It's the moment we've all been waiting for. We, you can finally take us off our tenter hooks and tell us whether you say Haggai or Haggai as you give us this week's Bible fact. Well, Michael, I've been on an interesting journey with this one because <laughs> I would always have said Haggai. Mm. And then in recent years, certain preachers I listen to on podcasts kind of made me think that maybe it's supposed to be haggai mm. uh like some like some people say sinai instead of sinai i don't know if you've ever come across mm. that I didn't, but I've some people do one. but uh as ever in a time of of doubt and confusion i turned to the bible project youtube channel <laughs> and tim Mackey says haggai so oh, i feel that i've been vindicated and that that's what i'm gonna go with just to interrupt you there, Kieran, a couple of weeks ago, I mentioned that Tim Mackey of the Bible Project and other fame says Jesus in a funny way. You did. And I've been working on my impression of him saying Jesus. So it goes Go like this. It. Jesus. No, he goes, <laughs> Jesus. Jesus. He says, Jesus. Jesus. That's what he says. So right, it right. just sounds a bit 
our day. Puts the emphasis on us, not on G's. Yeah. Just what we do. Well, is it, it might just be uh, the particular part of America he's from, but his inflection makes it sound like a question a lot, I think. Mm. Like Jesus. Mm. <laughs> then, just something about the way that he says it. But he's no. great. No matter how he says Jesus, he's great. So Absolutely. Um, absolutely. And he also says Haggai, which is what I will probably say from now on. Cool. Um, so we are in Haggai this week, Michael. Yes. Haggai is, drum roll please, a minor prophet. We're nearly there, folks. We're nearly through the minor prophets, mm-hmm. but not quite. We've got a couple to go. And Haggai is one of them. Um, so in trying to summarize... Uh, what happens in the book of Haggai, because it's a short book. I thought I would read the intro from the NIV, Michael, because uh, it's quite a nice little summary, and there's a few things going on in Haggai. Mm. And, uh, you know, I thought would, this, this encapsulates it quite well. So this is from the intro to Haggai in the NIV. When Cyrus, king of Persia, conquered Babylon in 539 BC, he allowed the exiled Jews to return home and rebuild the temple in Jerusalem. One group returned the next year, completing and dedicating the temple foundation within two more years. But they were stopped by suspicious and resentful neighbours. That's what the noise that suspicious and resentful neighbours make, Michael. Almost certainly. In the story in my mind. Suspicious and resentful neighbours who had influence in the Persian court. Um, Sixteen years later, when King Darius takes the throne... The prophet Haggai urges the people to restart their work. He calls specifically on Zerubbabel, there's a good name, the appointed governor, and Joshua, the high priest, to lead the project. Within four years, the reconstruction was completed and worship in the temple resumed. Haggai delivers his four messages during a strategic four-month period at the beginning of Darius' reign. The first message explains that Israel's crops aren't being blessed because God's house has been left in ruins. The second message gives encouragement to those who found the new temple disappointing compared to Solomon's original temple. God promises that its glory will outshine the first temple. The third message assures the people that from now on their crops will be blessed. The final message is a personal encouragement to Zerubbabel himself, the heir to the throne of David. The people are back in their land and so is God's blessing. So that gives a nice little neat picture of what's going on in in Haggai. Um, it's post-exile. Mm. The people of Israel are returning to their lands and uh, God is calling them through Haggai to to get about the work of, of rebuilding the temple. Uh, and I wanted to sort of kick, lead off here with a, a, a very famous verse. I think this is probably one of the most famous verses from this book, Michael, that you'll no, no doubt be familiar with. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, so from verse two in Haggai chapter one, This is what the Lord Almighty says. These people say, the time has not yet come to rebuild the Lord's house. Then the word of the Lord came through the prophet Haggai. Is it a time for you yourselves to be living in your panelled houses while this house remains a ruin? So a really, uh, you know, encouragement there uh, from from God to to be investing in building God's house. Mm. Um, And it goes on to say, from verse 5. Now this is what the Lord Almighty says. Give careful thought to your ways. You have planted much, but harvested little. You eat, but never have enough. You drink, but never have your fill. You put on clothes, but are not warm. You earn wages only to put them in a purse with holes in it. And so it's a really interesting link, I think, that the passage makes between 
not investing in the house of the Lord. And we'll talk about what that might mean. It makes kind of makes this link between that and the people's well-being. Mm. So the implication is if you are, as God's people, investing in the Lord's house, uh, then things will be better for you. And I don't think that that means a sort of prosperity gospel reading of if you give £100 to your church, you'll get £200 back. Mm. Uh, that's uh, not, a, not a good productive way of thinking, friends, mm. uh, in case you're wondering. Um, the g- giving doesn't always work like that. Um, and anyone who tells you that it does is uh, trying to mislead you. Yeah. But but there is uh, a, a link here, I think, between between giving and, and well-being. Mm. Um, and I think that's an interesting thing. And I, and I think, uh, you know, the call to invest in the house of the Lord, what does that look like for us in the 21st century? Is that about how we invest in church life and how we contribute to church life? Is that about our giving, not just to church, but to other causes too? Um but fundamentally, I think the question that stood out to me as I as I thought about this, Michael, was in in what ways do I prioritize my own comfort over God's glory? Because mm-hmm. I think fundamentally that's what that verse is getting at. You know, why why is it time for you yourselves to be living in your paneled houses while this house remains a ruin? Mm-hmm. You know, I, I lead a pretty comfortable middle class life, Michael, and um, you know I am I'm not where I should be really. Mm. in terms of my my giving of time and money you know uh there are many ways i think in which i could be more generous Mm. um and be more intentional about uh giving and into the kingdom of god Mm. you know uh so this was a challenging read for me especially right now in in a busy season of life and when we're coming out of a pandemic and you know um uh being at church in person not something mm. that all of us have been able to do all of the time. Yeah, you know these are all real challenges when we think about uh, building community and building God's church wherever we've been, wherever we find ourselves in this world. Um, and so that that challenge of how comfortable is my life, and does God want me to perhaps be a little bit uncomfortable in some way to maybe forego something that I rely on as a comfort for His glory. You know, yeah, it's good, man. It's a really challenging, challenging thought. Thanks for bringing it. Um, I think there's so much in there. There's it's that's really rich, and and Haggai is a a really rich book. I think what things that stick out to me is is that equating well being with God's house, you know, and investing in in God's house. And I think ultimately it's. It, our willingness to invest in God's house, be that financially, through our time, through our energy, through prayer, through, you know, investing in other people. Um, it it shows the attitude of our heart. It shows the position of our heart. It's about whether we're willing to to be a servant. It's about whether we're willing to to prioritize others. It's about whether we're willing to to humble ourselves. It's about whether we're willing to, to like you say, forgo some comfort. And I think the thing that struck me the most in my walk with God over many years is is to never wait until the time is right to give of oneself or of one's things to God's kingdom. You know, I think back to when I first started volunteering with the youth ministry and how we, you and I, first worked together. 
you know, you had already been working there a year and I decided to, to volunteer for a year to work with you guys. And, um, I was not in the, in the right position. I was not in the right spiritual place to do those things. I was not in the right uh, mindset or heart set or any part of me was right. You know, I was still doing a lot of things I shouldn't be doing. I was still, you know, very much had a lot of recurring sin in my life. I was in relationships which were not uh, good or healthy. But in giving of myself, it was so directly linked to my well-being because I was willing to put myself forward and be counted for God's kingdom. And then God was like, hey, if you want to be part of this, you're, you're going to have to change. Like, I will change you. But also, like, there's some incongruency here. Like, the things you're saying to others does not add up to, in your life. So it was a challenge to me then, and it, it changed who I was, and it was directly linked to my well-being. And to the point now where, it's like you say, I'm in a very different place now, but even so, if I'm not giving of myself, if I'm not giving of my time and my energy, then that's probably indicative that my heart isn't quite in the right place and that God wants to move me forward. And ultimately, it's a two-way street, you know. God wants us investing in God's kingdom because it puts us in a place where we can open our heart to what God wants to do in us and through us. It's not that God is like, yo, you owe me big time, son. Where's my money? <laughs> he's like, <laughs> he's like, look, the money, the time thing, that's, that's a barrier between you and me. So, so, so lay it down and be willing to give it over to me. And, and we can break down those barriers and I can really work in your life and I can really use you in other people's lives um, and use you to build the kingdom that I want to build. So it's like you say, Kieran, it's not about um, prosperity. Like if you give, you will receive. If you give X amount of money, you will receive Y amount of money back. It's about if you give not only of what you have, but of that thing's position in your life, you will humble yourself to receive what God wants to do in your life. Or you will put yourself in a position spiritually, emotionally, mentally, where you're more likely to be willing to be led by God. Anyway, sorry, I went on for a long time, and this is your Bible fact. You just, uh, it was very inspiring, Kieran. I think it's good stuff. It's good, man, and it's challenging too. And I'm challenged, folks. I mean, you know, I'm sharing this, Michael, but I am not where I want to be right now, being real with you on, on this particular question. Yeah. Uh, so this is something for me to consider, you know, moving forwards and to 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 pray about and to you know think through because uh it is hugely challenging and uh as you said it's uh it's for our good that god calls us to do these things it's not a you know you owe me you know i saved your life so you owe me one kind mm. of thing that's not that that's not the way god works rather it's i've given you life and i've brought you into this freedom and the 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 way for you to be whole and happy and to be fully alive yeah for sure is to sure. is to be in sh to try 
to your best to lay down those things that are coming between me and you mm. Uh, mm. and and allow the holy spirit to to work in you so that you would know me better the lord yeah would say i'm paraphrasing obviously <laughs> not claiming to speak for god no. but you know what i mean yeah and i think it's it's important as well to say it's it's good for you to say you're not where you want to be and i can say i'm not where i want to be but it's also important for us to remember you know, and I don't want to be guilty of taking verses out of context after doing the game for it last time. But, uh, <laughs> you know, Philippians 2.12, therefore, just as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now even more in my absence, this is Paul, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Like, this is an ongoing mm. thing. Our lives with God through Jesus mm. are ongoing day in, day out working out our salvation with fear and trembling that doesn't mean that through our works we are saved it means that you know we have to every day give things over to god through jesus every day we have to to humble ourselves and to remind ourselves that it is god who accomplishes and god who satisfies and not all the stuff that we stuff our lives full of so yeah it's an everyday thing for all of us but it's good to admit that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thanks. Bible Facts. Bible Facts. So, Kieran, you see how I did another So, Kieran, at the start of this one? Nice. Yeah. I like it. I like it. Stuck <laughs> the landing. So, Kieran, it's uh, it's the time we've we've all been fearing and dreading. It's the time to say... See you next week to one another and to our wonderful listeners. But uh, thank you so much, Kieran, for all you've, uh, you've prepared and given to this week's episode of Holy Half Hour. Likewise, my friend. Thank you. It was a good one. And thank you, listeners, for listening. Absolutely. And if you'd like to engage with us in any other way, you can find us on various social media platforms at Holy Half Hour. Um, but yeah, until next week, we'll speak to you then. Goodbye. Bye, everybody.